anyone who denies the baptism in the Holy Spirit with the initial evidence of speaking in other tongues is not biblical. Welcome back to Kingdom Increase with Amanda Hall. I'm Amanda Hall, wife to Rodney, mom to Cecily, and pastor at Kingdom Increase Church in Jerseyville, Illinois. Hallelujah. Welcome to a new week, y'all, as we hit uh, life's issues with heaven's perspective. Amen. I'll tell you, I was thinking earlier this morning as I was talking to the Lord, I've been in full-time ministry now for 12 years. At the end of January 2024, Rodney and I will have been pastoring um, full-time for 12 years. And I'll tell you, we've had a a, a lot of ups and and some downs, and we have made a lot of mistakes and uh, many times had no idea what we were doing. But thankfully, the Holy Ghost knows what He's doing. So we follow Him, and even when we mess up, (laughs) <laughs> he corrects our course. Amen. Cause God directs as we, as we're moving. Amen. I'm thankful, um, for that. But can I just tell you one of the most amazing things, and this has always been something long before I was ever stepped into full-time ministry. And, and before I started, before Rodney and I started pastoring, the most amazing thing is to see God take someone and miraculously transform their lives. Take them from the pit, um, from addictions, from other kinds of bondages, from poverty, whatever it is. Take them out of a state that the world has had them trapped in. They get born again by accepting Jesus Christ as their personal Lord and Savior. And watching God through that miracle working power of the blood of Jesus and the power of the Holy Ghost just transform every area of their life. It's absolutely phenomenal. It is so amazing. There is just nothing more miraculous than to watch God work on someone who is hungry for, um, for him. And we have seen, I've said this, um, the past couple weeks, I know I said it last week when I was talking about, um, what, you know, the Bible says about the baptism in the Holy Spirit. And so, but we are seeing such a hunger um, in, in our new believers, the ones that are coming to the church and getting born again, and in our children for the baptism of the Holy Spirit with that initial evidence of speaking in tongues. It's absolutely phenomenal. We actually, ha- again yesterday, had a, a, a nine-year-old um, want that. And it's just amazing to watch and then watch them step in that. And they're just overflowing with this joy. And they just, they'll say that I just feel happy and everything is, is changing and their perspective changes because now they, they've come to a new level of power, right? For you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. So you can go about to be my witnesses, going about everywhere, telling everyone about me phenomenal. It's amazing. As a pastor, I love watching people's lives get transformed. I love it. It's absolutely phenomenal. So today's uh, question is, is the baptism in the Holy Spirit for today? You'll, you'll hear a lot of debate on that, depending on where you are and what denomination you stand in. I don't care about denominations. I don't care what anybody, you know, it doesn't matter to me. I just care, um, you know, uh, what, what the Bible says. And so is the baptism in the Holy spirit for today? 
we see the baptism in the Holy Spirit throughout the Bible, right? And now, I, I said this last week, Ezekiel prophesied it. I gave scriptures last week for it. So go back and listen to last week's episodes. Ezekiel prophesied it. Joel prophesied it. John the Baptist prophesied it. Jesus commanded it. Peter preached it. And Paul taught it. It's seen in all the Gospels where it talks about, John says, I baptize you in water for the repentance of sins. But the one who's coming after me is greater than I am. And he will baptize you in the Holy Ghost and fire. Right? It's seen in all the Gospels. And it is clearly articulated in a chronological process in the book of Acts repeatedly, not just one time. Hear me. It is clearly articulated in a chronological process in the book of Acts repeatedly. So anyone who denies the baptism in the Holy Spirit with initial evidence of speaking in tongues is not biblical. I shall say it again. Anyone who denies the baptism in the Holy Spirit with initial evidence of speaking in other tongues is not biblical. Now, I, you know, if someone doesn't understand it and they've not been taught it and they've not experienced it, I'm good with them saying, I just, I don't know. I, I don't understand it. I don't, fine. But don't, you can't say that it's not for today. But there are, you know, certain denominations and groups of Christians that are called cessationists. And what they believe is basically the baptism in the Holy Spirit with that initial evidence of speaking in other tongues has ceased. That's why they're called cessationists. They believe that tongues have ceased as well as prophecy, healing, and the gifts of the Spirit. They, they lump, they, they, so if they, they believe that baptism in the Holy Spirit with that initial evidence of speaking in tongues has ceased as well as prophecy, healing, and the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And the passage that they use is actually in 1 Corinthians chapter 13. So let's just look at it so we can get the perspective of, of those that say and deny that the baptism of the Holy Spirit with the initial evidence of speaking in other tongues um, is not for today. I'm here to tell you the baptism in the Holy Spirit with that initial evidence of speaking in other tongues is for today. And I'm going to show you by the scriptures. So what cessationists use is 1 Corinthians 13, and I'm going to read verses 8 through 13. <clears throat> now, I'm just, I'm just here to tell you, I wouldn't take advice, instruction, or doctrinal teaching from somebody that's not baptized in the Holy Ghost and doesn't speak in other tongues. I wouldn't take any instruction about baptism in the Holy Ghost from somebody like that. It would be like you, you would go to your mechanic and ask them, um, to do a hip replacement on you. You're not going to do that. Why? Because they don't have the proper knowledge, nor do they have the proper tools. So don't go to a Christian who's not baptized in the Holy Ghost and speak in other tongues to ask them about the baptism in the Holy Spirit and speaking in other tongues. They, <laughs> they don't have the knowledge and they don't have the tools. <laughs> Amen? I mean, that's, that's like going to somebody that's been married three times. And asking them how to have a successful marriage. Now, maybe finally their third marriage, they, you know what I mean, or, or their whatever, fourth marriage or the fifth marriage, they may leave, maybe finally got it right. You know, so after they've had some success and you can see that that marriage is successful, then maybe you can ask them. Maybe they can help you with some pitfalls to, to avoid. But why wouldn't you go to somebody that has a good marriage, right? 
Why would you go to somebody that may have raised children, but all their children are a disaster, an utter wreck? Why would you go to them and ask them how to raise children? It, it, does, it doesn't make sense. Go to someone that knows, has the knowledge and the tools to get it done. <laughs> Amen. And so I'm teaching today out of the word of God. And I know I am baptized in the Holy Spirit with evidence of speaking in other tongues. <clears throat> I think that it's absolutely important and essential. Like I said, Ezekiel prophesied it. Joel prophesied it. John the Baptist prophesied it. Jesus commanded it. Peter preached it. Paul taught it. It is seen in all the Gospels and it's clearly articulated in a chronological process in the book of Acts repeatedly. Now, I don't think, you know, me personally, I don't feel like you got to speak in tongues to be saved. The same way as I don't think you have to be water baptized to be saved. Because, again, anytime you take the word of God and you look at it, you have to use the whole counsel of the word of God when you're forming any kind of doctrine. And so, let's go to the thief on the cross that recognized Jesus and he said to him, he recognized that Jesus was Lord. And he said, look, Lord, I, I want to be with you, you know, in, in heaven. He said, don't you worry today. You'll be uh, with me in paradise, right? He didn't have time to get bat water baptized. Yeah, obviously, he didn't get, have time to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. He, didn't have, he was going to die that day on that cross. So you, you can see it's, it's, those things are not essential for salvation. But let me say this again, he didn't need it. He was dying that day. Now, if you're in this earth and you're going to live on this earth, then you need to follow the instructions and the institutions that Jesus put in place for his body. And he tells us we need to be baptized, water baptized. I, you should get water baptized out of obedience to the Lord. Besides, it is such an amazing, supernatural thing. It's amazing. I have seen people water baptized. They, they believe in Jesus. They've already made him their Lord and Savior. I've seen them water baptized. I've seen them come up glowing, a whole nother look. I've seen them come up speaking in tongues. In their water baptism, they also got baptized in the Holy Ghost uh, with that initial evidence of speaking in tongues. Absolutely supernatural um, process water baptism. Same with baptism of the Holy Spirit with that evidence of speaking in tongues. They are essential for you to walk victorious upon this earth, for you to be a victorious believer. It amazes me. I've seen so much of it and I just, I can't, I, I just hardly can handle it. it. It irritates me so bad. How many Christians are focused on the struggle, focused on the battle, focused on what the enemy's doing. And, and there's no focus on the victory that we have in Jesus. They spend so much time talking about, uh, you know, um, the, the, the struggle and talking about the problem and, and, and talking about how hard it is. There's no wonder it's so hard for them because they, their, their focus is in the wrong place. They've magnified the problem. They've magnified the fight. They've magnified the struggle. They've magnified the enemy, right? Instead of magnifying the Lord. And when you are baptized in the Holy Ghost, with evidence of speaking in tongues, you're at another level. The ability to, you have received power, power to be a witness in every area of your life, the way you live, the way you talk, your eyesight changes. I'm telling you, you see things differently. 
then that doesn't mean I know a lot of Christians baptizing the Holy Ghost with, with that speaking in tongues and they are miserable people and all they know is defeat and all they know is struggle and all they know is a problem. Everything is an issue with them. All they do is complain and that is the reason why they remain defeated because all they do is complain. That's a decision that you get to make. Amen. But I just, I, I'm just sick and tired of seeing it. People wonder why they continue to have struggle after struggle. You were baptized in the Holy Ghost so that you can walk in power over sin. Get control over yourself. Get control over your flesh. Get control over your emotions. Don't be an idiot. <laughs> you know, that's just plain and simple. Allow the Spirit of God to do the work inside of you. Get in the Word of God and let the Word of God transform you. And learn to walk in power. Learn to put your focus on Jesus, right? You know, that old hymn we used to sing um, in the Baptist church. I, I love that hymn uh, growing up when they would have um, the invitation for salvation. Turn your eyes upon Jesus. Look full in his wonderful face. And the things of this earth will go strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. If that isn't true, then I don't know what is because it is true. When you turn your eyes to him who is the light of the world in whom there is no variance or shadow of turning. There is not one ounce, one sliver of shadow of darkness in Jesus Christ. When you look at him, he's so bright. It dims the, 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 the reality and the ability of the things around you to affect you. They're there and you have to deal with them. But the way you deal with them is so much in a, such a different light because you have your eyes on him. You, you know, it, like they, you probably heard many times. Jesus walked on water until he took his eyes off Jesus, which was where he was headed. He was headed towards Jesus. He said, Jesus, if it's really you, bid me come. Jesus said, come. It, Peter, in fear, because it said everyone in the boat when they saw him were in fear. Every one of them were in fear. In fear, Peter stepped out of the boat at the word of Jesus, come. And as he kept his eyes on Jesus, he was able to walk on water. But as soon as he took his eyes off Jesus and got his eyes on the storm around and the, and the, the vastness of the waves that were coming, then he began to sink. And that is where many Christians live. They take their eyes, they put their eyes on Jesus when they're singing a praise song, a worship song at church. And as soon as that's over, then their eyes go right back on their problem. <laughs> and wonder why they're always sinking in life. Because the eyes aren't in the right place. So let me just say, the baptism of the Holy Spirit, with the evidence of speaking in tongues, though it gives you the power that you need to walk victoriously, does not mean you're automatically going to walk victoriously. There's decisions you have to make. There are decisions you have to make to walk by the Spirit. Walk in the spirit, man, if I have ever seen so many Christians that walk so carnally, so controlled by everything around them and everything, see, it, it just, it, it just irritates me, <laughs> right? Amanda, why don't you tell us how you really feel? Yeah, I have <laughs> because I, I can't handle it. And then I can always tell because I've seen many people that at, at one point in time that have been in our church and many of them grew up you know, in our church, people, um, some people came to our church already born again, but had never been baptized in the Holy Spirit, never had the kind of teaching 
biblical teaching that says who we are in Christ, what we have in Christ and what we are to do in Christ. And they do and they come and they walk in that for a few years with us and you see their life. It, even when they come up to, against a struggle and things are difficult, their language is different. They speak victory. They speak triumph. Their hearts are full of joy. God works situations out. They get they then they leave for whatever reason, um, you know, go someplace else or, you know, feel, feel led to go someplace, which is totally fine. But then you begin to see when they leave us and go to other people that are more focused on problems, more focused on the struggle, more focused on the fight, more focused on chaos and, and all that stuff. And then you see them become defeated too. Uh, how that happened? Because who you're around and what you hear on a regular basis has a huge effect on how you're going to walk. And let me just say this. Some of you have done left the people that have helped you be strong, taught you how to be strong. And the reason you're always struggling now and always feel like you're in a fight because you left and you shouldn't have. You got yourself mixed up with people. Even though they may be Christians, they don't walk in the power of God. I'm, I'm just saying. I'm just, I'm just saying. I don't even know why I went on that. That didn't really have anything to do with what I wanted to teach today. I guess it was by the Spirit of God. Because I see it and it irritates me. Irritates me to no end. You can tell the kind of people that Christians um, are around all the time. The kind of other Christians they're around. You can tell by the things they post on social media. By the things, they t how they talk. You know, this and that, every, everything else. It, it, it's crazy. But let's get back. Is the baptism of the Holy Spirit for today? Yes. But cessationists believe that tongues have ceased as well as prophecy, healing, and all the other gifts of the Spirit. And they use this passage, 1 Corinthians 13, 8 through 13. Prophecy and speaking in unknown languages or unknown tongues and special knowledge will become useless, but love will last forever. Now our knowledge is partial and incomplete. And even the gift of prophecy reveals only part of the whole picture. But when the time of perfection comes, these partial things will become useless. When I was a child, I spoke and thought and reasoned as a child. But when I grew up, I put away childish things. Now we see things imperfectly like puzzling reflections in a mirror. But then we will see everything with perfect clarity. All that I know now is partial and incomplete, but then I will know everything completely, just as God now knows me completely. So this is the passage that cessationists that believe that the baptism of the Holy Spirit with that initial evidence of speaking in other tongues as well as the gifts of the Spirit have ceased and no longer are necessary for the Christian. But in this passage... The Bible tells us exactly when tongues and the gifts of the Spirit will cease. Verse 10. But when the time of perfection comes, these partial things will become useless. When is the time of perfection? Okay, it says when the time of perfection comes. Verse 12 tells us when the time of perfection is. Now we see things imperfectly, like puzzling reflections in a mirror. But then... Then, then I will know everything completely, just as God now knows me completely. Would you say you know everything now? No, I know I don't. 
So guess what? The time of perfection hasn't come. That's very clear. Now and then. Paul goes back and forth in this, um, in this book, in, in, in particular, back and forth in context between now and then. Now and then. Now we know impartially and incompletely. Right? Then we'll know completely and fully. Now, when the time of perfection comes, then partial things will become useless. Now we see things imperfectly, like puzzling reflections in a mirror. Now we have to understand, mirrors of today, we, we can see pretty clear, and some of them are not great, but most of them are, you know, at least you can see pretty clearly. But you have to understand that back in Paul's day, when he, this would have been written by, by him, by, at the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, Mirrors were made of polished bronze. So though you could see, you, you, they, they were actually pretty blurred and not very clear. They were polished bronze. So our perception now in this life is like that mirror. We see things that's a little bit blurred and not completely clear. We don't know the fullness of it. It says even prophecy and even the gift of prophecy reveals only part of the whole picture. We don't yet have the whole picture. Anybody that can tell me right now that they are complete and in perfection are lying. And nobody with a brain would think that they're complete and, and know everything and, and perfectly knows everything. So this passage, though this is the one they try to use to say tongues and the gifts of the, the spirit are are ceased and no longer necessary clearly tells you when tongues will cease. It's when the time of perfection comes and in verse 10 and verse 12 tells us when it, that time of perfection is because then I will know everything completely just as God now knows me completely now in this life versus then, right? Two different things. And throughout this passage here, Paul in context goes back and forth. Our perception now is in this life, and it's like that mirror. It's a little blurred, not fully clear. We only know in part. Then is the life to come. The time of perfection is after the believer has been raptured and taken to God's eternal kingdom of heaven. Now, that may mean the believer has died and gone to heaven now, or it might mean if we're still alive, when Jesus um, raptures the church out of here, then it would be then. But the time of perfection is after the believer has been raptured and taken to God's eternal kingdom in heaven. So tongues and prophecy do not cease in the church age. They cease in the eternal kingdom of God, which Paul says is the time of perfection. All right? We are in the church age now. The last days, which is the church age, is from the book of Acts to the rapture of the church. The church age is from the book of Acts to the rapture of the church. Those are the last days. So tongues, and prophecy, all the gifts of the Spirit do not cease in the church age. They cease in the eternal kingdom of God, which Paul says the time of perfection, which actually says the Greek text here literally means we will see him face to face. There will be completeness perfection. We will know everything. I will know everything completely. It says here now go with first Corinthians chapter one. So that was first Corinthians 13. Now let, let's go in first Corinthians chapter one. 
verses 7 and 8. This passage actually clarifies this point that I'm, I'm talking about right here. Right here in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 7 and 8, clarifies the point that I'm saying. That now is here in this life, and then is in the life to come. Verses 7 and 8 of 1 Corinthians chapter 1. Now you have every spiritual gift you need as you eagerly wait for the return of our Lord Jesus Christ. He will keep you strong to the end so that you will be free from all blame on the day when our Lord Jesus Christ returns. Okay, again, now and then, now and then. Now you have every spiritual gift you need as you eagerly wait for the return of our Lord Jesus Christ. He will keep you strong to the end so that you will be free from all blame on the day when our Lord Jesus Christ returns. Now and then. So Paul defines now as the present age as we wait for Jesus' return. And these gifts will now keep us strong to the end. Right? We now have every spiritual gift we need. For what purpose? To keep us strong to the end. So nobody that is biblical can say that the baptism in the Holy Spirit with initial evidence of speaking in tongues as well as prophecy, healing, and all the gifts of the Spirit have ceased because the Bible tells us that we have these gifts every spiritual gift we need as we eagerly await the return of the Lord Jesus so that we can stay strong through those gifts, through the power of the Holy Spirit, so we'll be free from all blame on the day when Jesus Christ returns. Now and then. Paul defines now as the present age as we wait for Jesus' return, and these gifts will now keep us strong to the end. The gifts of the Spirit are until the, the Lord Jesus Christ returns. Hear, hear me? The gifts of the Spirit are until the Lord Jesus Christ returns. Is the baptism of the Holy Spirit with the initial evidence of speaking in tongues for today? Yes. Because the gifts of the Spirit are until the Lord Jesus returns. Their purpose? To keep us strong until the end, right? The power of the Holy Ghost will take all of the errors of our spiritual past. You know, and you may be thinking, man, how, how did I not know this before? It's okay. <laughs> I am still learning. Actually, I've, I've said many times, I am so thankful that the Lord never promoted my ministry to a place where more people could hear it when I was totally doctrinally wrong in some things, you know? But that is what the working of the Holy Spirit will do on the inside of you as you continue in the Word of God. The power of the Holy Spirit will take the errors of even your spiritual past, even before you even knew Jesus. And not only will they be forgiven and forgotten, but everything the devil has stolen, God will return to you in multiplied fashion. See, consider Peter, which we talked about this in the last episode. Peter denied Jesus three times. And then 53 days later, after he was baptized in the Spirit, he led 3,000 to Jesus. He denied him three times. 53 days later, when he was baptized in the Holy Spirit, he led 3,000 to Jesus. Now that is quite a multiplication. So trust me, no matter what your spiritual errors were, no matter where you've been, even as a believer, 
if you'll just lay him at the feet of Jesus, take up this power that's given when we receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit with that initial evidence of speaking tongues, let the Lord wash all that way, be forgiven and forgotten, and everything that the devil has stolen, God will return it to you in multiplied fashion. Three times denied, 3,000 souls saved on the day of Pentecost. Absolutely phenomenal. See, that's a God. We serve the God of multiplication, exponential multiplication. Anything the enemy has stolen, he has to return. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So again, is the baptism of the Holy Spirit for today? Yes, yes, and yes, again. Tongues and prophecy do not cease in the church age. Remember, the church age is from the book of Acts to the rapture of the church, also called the last days. <laughs> Amen. So tongues, prophecy, as well as the other gifts of the Spirit do not cease in the church age. They cease in the eternal kingdom of God which Paul says is the time of perfection. That's the then when we will see him face to face. So what about this uh, um, speaking in tongues? What's the purpose in that? It's the proof. It's the proof. Tongues is the proof of the baptism in the Holy Spirit. I used to think that you could be baptized in the Holy Spirit and not have tongues. That's wrong. Uh, scripturally, it's wrong. And I'm going to, I'll, I'll do some teaching on, on, uh, my next episode on speaking in tongues. The tongues is proof of the baptism of the Holy Spirit. 